Hello there, I'm Nick Brownlee, and welcome to the Cumbria Business Podcast. Yes, welcome to a very soggy business podcast this week. If you listen carefully, you might just be able to hear the rain drilling against the studio window as it has been for the last 48 hours. And while we're no strangers to flooding in this part of the world, the events of 2005 and 2015 are never far from our minds, so I hope you're all keeping dry as well as safe. Uh, That goes for the driver of the Amazon van I saw today, up to its windscreen in water on the outskirts of Brampton. Uh, The motto of the Pony Express used to be, the mail must go through, but in this case, the River Irthing won hands down. If you're still waiting for your delivery, I'm sure it'll be with you soon. It'll just be a little damp, that's all. Pandemics, floods, ah, such things are indeed sent to triers. But the Cumbria Business Podcast must go through. So let's crack on, shall we? And I'm delighted to be joined down the line by two gentlemen who have hopefully managed to keep their heads above water during the current deluge. Uh, Sam Lyon is Head of Corporate and Commercial at Cartmel Shepherd Solicitors, uh, who he joined in September last year. Prior to that, he was the even more impressive sounding Head of Operations, Portfolio and Projects at the Cumberland Building Society, having previously been a partner down the road at Burnett Solicitors in Carlisle. Uh, Sam, thanks for joining us on the Cumbria Business Podcast. Can you can you hear me all right down the line? Uh, I can, yes, loud and clear. I'm all uh, hooked up through the, uh, the benefits of Bluetooth technology. I believe. And, and uh, I, I, t- I take it you haven't been washed away in the deluge? Uh, not quite. Um, I've just about uh, dried out following a, a dog walk earlier on, but uh, it got me, got me out of the house on a day which I suspect I otherwise would have uh, locked myself away in the, uh, in the spare room at home. Good man. Um, now, you're head of corporate and commercial at Cartmel Shepherd. I imagine you've had a, a, a baptism of fire dealing with legal queries from businesses wondering where they stand with relation to, to COVID and Brexit over the last few months. We have. It's been busy across the firm, really. Um, obviously, uh, Brexit's thrown in there as well, just to uh, add to the mix. So yeah. we've had a, a range of queries from, from clients who've really just been trying to understand where they are uh, and where they need to be um, going forward. And um, certainly, uh, oh, carry on. No, I was going to say, are they actually sort of confused about things? We, we, we read a lot about confused businesses, not knowing what's going on with Brexit, even though, you know, they, they've been told and told and told. But has the message, has the message got through? I, uh, personal take on Brexit is it's, it's still very confusing and we're now several weeks into January. Um, yes, the, the deal was put together um, at a very late stage in the year, surprise, surprise. Um, but in terms of the guidance that's now coming out, uh, I'm directing people in the main towards the, the gov.uk website on the basis that it is still very unclear, but, but what there is out there to add clarity um, is coming from, from the government. But you, you read, particularly around importing and exporting, um, the amount of red tape that's been created that people are only encountering when they actually come to to look to bring goods, services into the country or vice versa to, to ship things out. Um, so it, it may well um, bring about opportunities, for, but for the time being, I think it's creating a lot of un- unnecessary and unwanted headaches um, for businesses who are just trying to wrangle on a day-to-day basis with the, 
with the new red tape. Yeah, well, keep up the good work. Um, also joining us today is Nick Miller. Now, Nick has been in the Cumbrian property game for over 15 years now, running Eden Estate Agents in Penrith since 2005, and in 2014, taking over as Managing Director of Fine and Country Estate Agents, the North Cumbrian Eden branch uh, based in Carlisle. Nice to have you along, Nick. Yeah, great to be here, Nick. Thanks. You might also men- you might also mention that I'm I'm, I'm Hutcherton gamekeeper, having been a lawyer before. Well, I was going to come to that actually because you are an elder statesman of the property scene, dare I say, in Cumbria now. But you you did actually start off as a solicitor. Yes, I did. Yeah, I've been a property and commercial lawyer for, for well thirty odd years now. And was there a sort of Damascene conversion to to becoming uh, the the gamekeeper or the poacher? Well, yeah. The, the, well, the, well, the, there was a Damascene moment. It was just when an opportunity arose, really, because uh, as, as a lawyer, you tend to think that there's no other career for you other than being a lawyer, because lawyers aren't kind of regarded in the same way as perhaps in the states, where you know you have uh, lawyers alongside you in any commercial enterprise. Yeah. And I and I'd always wanted to run my own business, so it was kind of predicated on that. Yeah, um, and, and no regrets. None at all. None at all. Happy, happy to be out from under the, the regulatory morass that is the legal profession. <laughs> well, I'll let Sam discuss that with you uh, after the show. Now, listen, um, according to the real estate company Zoopla, the most used terms on their website last year were garden, annex, detached and rural. So you don't have to be a genius to deduce that lockdown has changed the way people are thinking when it comes to buying a new home and who can blame them. If you've spent 10 months cooped up in a tower block, it makes sense to future-proof yourself against the next pandemic. Uh, Nick, have you had a rush of inquiries from people in the inner cities desperate to escape to the country? We've had an increase. I think I think it's probably, it may be little understood that the property market in Cumbria, especially at the upper end, which is where you find people who have those kind of choices to make, uh, is underpinned by that whole um, constituency of buyers. Um, and so what's happened since since COVID is that um, the numbers have increased and the speed of people wanting to do something has increased radically. Yeah. Um, it, so, so in other words, in other words, you know, our turnover of uh, properties has accelerated quite considerably and that's not just due to tax changes which i'm sure you're going to discuss but uh it's just i think it's more due to kind of people saying well let's get on with it it's not that's just that's just my my thoughts on it that's not from any kind of uh, opinions taken but there's no question that that must be the case in my in my eyes because a lot of the market in Cumbria, certainly with the agency that we operate with, um, the, the buyers come from outside. Um, they're often um, uh, just accelerating a decision which they've already kind of made in their own minds, but the timing is up for grabs. Uh, you touched on it there. The In July, the Chancellor announced a temporary holiday on stamp duty. Um, Sam, can you explain what that means in practice um, essentially, stamp duty land tax is payable um, on purchases of property, um, be it residential or commercial. The holiday applies to residential properties up to, I think, a value of £500,000. Um, Nick will uh, correct me if I drop the ball on any of this. I'm not strictly a property lawyer. 
um, but I can sort of cover the basics here. Yeah. Um, so, so what that affords people, certainly if you're looking at the sort of the top end of, of that price bracket, so a half million pound home, if you're looking at saving sort of up to, I think, 5% um, in stamp duty into, uh, on top of, sorry, you know, legal costs, estate agency fees, moving costs generally, um, it's a, a sizable saving on the, the cost of moving a home. And I think that's really pushed those people who were thinking about it to take action. Uh, and perhaps a few people who weren't thinking about it, it's, it's crossed their mind too about whether now is an opportune moment or window in time um, to take advantage of a, a, a quite significant tax break, really. Has it made a big difference, Nick, that you've noticed? Oh, yes, it has, yeah. I mean, we've, we've been uh, very busy uh, and things have been moving much more quickly. There's clearly an appetite amongst the people who are you know, looking to come to Cumbria to get on with it. No question about that. I would say that we've had probably the busiest time in our business uh, since May when we kind of came back half from the uh, COVID restrictions. I would say we've probably had the busiest time in our business in 15 years. Right. That's interesting. And and how are you doing everything online? Because obviously you can't do the traditional thing of, of showing people around houses. But I, I, Or has that sort of been, is that old hat anyway these days? Well, technically speaking, we are allowed to do that. Uh, the government hasn't restricted us, oh, but, right. but 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 we're more concerned about safety and comfort of clients and buyers and indeed, of course, it, most importantly, our own staff because how they feel about it governs whether or not we do uh, for, you know any, anything like that. So some of it has been done virtually. Some of it has been done in person with you know all the necessary precautions. Uh, so it's been a bit of a hybrid, which is which in itself has been interesting because it's made us develop different ways of doing things. I mean, as a business, we're operating completely virtually because we have systems that cope with that. So we have across the internet telephone, and all our office uh, technology is cloud based. So we have now got eight staff all sitting at home, and we're operating as if we we're in the office. Except that we can't make each other a cup of coffee. (laughs) I was wondering, sort of, as the boss of a company, um, is it difficult sort of keeping tabs on everybody? Do do you sort of sit at home thinking, I wonder what they're up to? Are they just sitting watching Homes Under the Hammer or are they doing some work? Well, we've got, well, I suppose, I suppose the the driving, the driving force here is that my, my most important element of this is keeping the team together and keeping morale up and keeping um, us client facing so that we're all doing the best we can in those circumstances to provide the level of service that we do normally from those kind of strange situation from that strange situation. So, so I don't think too much about it. I mean, I can monitor that through kind of um, volumes of phone calls and what's actually going on. But it just so happens that we're also at this stage putting in a new client uh, relationship management system. So we're kind of engaged with that. So everybody's got quite a bit to do, I think. Yeah. Sam, how's it how's it been for you? I mean, obviously, I, I guess you haven't been in the office at all since you started at Cartmel Shepherd. Uh, very little. Um, sort of bits and pieces in September time uh, when I first joined the firm. But yeah, it, everything's really moved uh, more and more remote working based. Uh, we've uh, very much skeleton staff in the in the offices at the moment um, we were fortunate as a firm i think probably around just over 12 months ago now we put a, a new um sort of firm-wide management system in that allows absolutely everything to operate again like nick says cloud-based 
everything's online. So every, certainly every single solicitor in the firm um, can work remotely, as well as the majority of the administration team as well. So it's it's been a real saviour um, in that sense that the firm was sort of forward thinking enough at the time to to invest in that type of technology. Um, so it's it's all been pretty seamless other than the odd uh, barking of the dog in the background um, <laughs> i would like to think not too many clients um sort of pick up at all sort of where you are and i, I think broadly it, it shouldn't matter in that sense either i think i think that's kind of a nice element of this because there's a bit of been a bit of a breaking down of some of the expectations because you know we all have to make allowances and i think you know we've we've found that whilst the covid situation hasn't necessarily uh, brought about uh, unbridled kindness from everybody. Certainly, we find certainly we find that you know at least there's an understanding that you're working remotely and you might not be able to turn things uh, around just quite as quickly or return calls or whatever. But do you miss yeah, the? Do you miss? Sorry, Sam. Do, do you miss the um, the banter, the 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 water cooler? Yeah, chats? we all do. Yeah, yeah, we all do. We all do. And that's the bit that's missing. And that's why I think it's a myth to think that everybody's going to suddenly become remote working. I think you might change the way you organise the business, and you might you might do some remote working because I think some people enjoy it, some people hate it, some people find it productive, some people just can't get down to it. So I could see it's opened up a whole new potential for how you operate in future. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I would echo Nick's comments there. Really, I think for me, it's it's all around finding what works for the business and for the people in that business. Um, most businesses I expect will have at least rudimentary, if not more sophisticated ways of, of gathering the necessary MI to be able to sort of monitor teams, um, check what's needing to be done is being done to the required standard. I think the sort of the, the human contact and the, the face-to-face, be it Zoom, Teams, telephone, however you want to do it, it's, it's more about that sort of teamworking element. It's making sure people have got the either the technical support or just the personal support that they need to be able to do their job. Um, I think a lot of people feel quite empowered um, by being sort of able to to have their own space um, and perhaps be a little bit more independent than, than in an office-based situation. But you can only go so far with that to the point where people feel a bit disconnected uh, and out there on their own. And it's just trying to strike that balance. And to an extent, I think you, you do that on a person-by-person basis as much as anything. Yeah, and I think I think I think for what, in our business that's especially so because it's kind of an information and relationship business, so it can't all be expressed um, in some kind of way on a an information system, whatever you might have. So a lot of what we do is about talking to each other, keeping each other up to date, telling each other what's going on. You know, there's a lot of that goes on, and I think that's the bit that gets missed, and it kind of it kind of takes a little bit of their core out of the business. Well, just to prove that we don't just throw the show together, that this leads nicely onto our very next subject. But first, a message from our sponsors. This episode of the Cumbria Business Podcast is brought to you in association with Really Clever PR. Really Clever is a Cumbria-based marketing agency with more than 10 years' experience working with leading B2B clients, both locally, nationally and internationally. And now they've launched Really Clever Business, a new division dedicated to giving your company a sales and marketing edge in 2021. Let's face it, the pandemic has seen the demise of face-to-face sales meetings, which means future pitches to potential customers will be heavily dependent on first impressions from presentations and tenders. 
Trouble is, many sales presentations are produced in-house by hard-working sales and admin staff who don't have the expertise or, quite frankly, the time to do them justice. Really Clever Business specialises in producing professional sales presentations, PowerPoints, tenders and brochures, annual reports, prospectuses and digital sales assets. Their team provides expertly written copy and powerful sales collateral to help companies like yours make a real impact in the marketplace. So if you want your business to stand out from the crowd this year, do the smart thing and let Really Clever Business add professionalism to your pitch. For more details or to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation, go to the website reallycleverpr.com or drop them a line. The email is info at reallycleverpr.com. That's info at reallycleverpr.com. Oh yeah, and tell them who sent you. Well, I don't know about you, but this time last year, I'd never heard of Zoom or Microsoft Teams. Thanks to the pandemic, however, every business meeting now starts with the words, you're on mute. Maybe it's the future. Maybe leasing an office will go the way of typewriters, fax machines and three martini lunches. Or maybe not. Because while Zoom has undoubtedly changed the way we do business, remote working is still, annoyingly, hostage to broadband. And in Cumbria, a land of lakes and mountains, we're still lagging well behind the rest of the country when it comes to a half-decent signal. According to the latest research, only Carlisle comes close to matching the national average download speed of 29 megabits per second, while across Cumbria as a whole, the average is an extremely patchy 20 megs. Um, Sam, you've been working from home. What's your broadband like? Um, better as of a couple of days ago, coincidentally, because um, for pressure of work and also some domestic pressure from two 11-year-olds that are partial to a bit of online gaming, um, the, the, I wouldn't say the, the strength, we get a 60 meg connection here, we're fortunate, to, fortunate enough to have a telephone exchange in the village, but it was still patchy, very up and down, but particularly in the mornings, very strange, really struggling at times uh, to hold on with video conferencing, so... An investment in a, a nifty new bit of kit has um, shored that up slightly, but I think we we probably got it as good as we could have it in Cumbria. Sixty uh, megs, sixty megs is huge, though. I mean, that that's um, uh, compared with uh, the, the average download. Exactly, um, but but as I said, the consistency isn't there, um, and I don't think that's sort of specific to to where we are in the world. So it's. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure there'll be too many parts of Cumbria as a, a county that have got a really strong, consistent. Um, sort of signal and connection. Um, Did you have to sort of lobby the the BT to come and fix it for you, or did they do it sort of as part of the rollout? Uh, no, well, the, the, it didn't quite get to that. The package came up for renewal, um, so they've sent me a bit of kit. It's a mesh Wi-Fi system, which I'd not heard about a week ago, um, but I can highly recommend it. Boosts the signal right through the house. Um, really good stuff so the answer was there um i just wasn't quite sure of the right questions to ask at the time yeah. apparently nick um is is good broadband a deal breaker when it comes to selling a house these days it hasn't been but i think it's going to become more of an issue I, you know it's interesting isn't it it's like you know when epcs came in you know and all the hoo-ha about energy performance and all that 
you know, that that really is a kind of not of non-interest to most people. But broadband, whereas it started as being just something, well, okay, it's got broadband. Now it's a question of, well, how fast is the broadband? Mm. You know, and what's the consistency of the signal and that kind of thing. But it still isn't as important, perhaps, as you would imagine. You'd imagine that, especially with anybody who's going to do anything at home, and let's face it, that's everybody, because as Sam just said, you know, your kids are on video games. Never mind what work you're doing. Your work, your work takes very little um, broadband width. It's the video games and all that stuff yeah. that uh, that really soaks it all up. But so I think I think it's becoming more and more of a question that people will ask. Um, and and I think it'll become a prerequisite, actually. I wonder if the government, if you think the government are doing enough to, to roll out decent broadband in, in, in rural counties like ours. Uh, I mean, there's, there's been a, a suggestion, oh, we, we've kind of been forgotten about. You've got the lakes, you've got the mountains. So, so who really cares about you as, your broadband? Well, you have, a, you have I actually think that, it, you know, Cumbria is a, a must have, a, a, I don't know the numbers, but there, it must be a massive number of single uh, person you know, self-employed type businesses or small businesses. I mean, the very demographics of it m- mean that you don't have lots of big businesses. And so therefore, it's, it's, it's vitally important as a competitive tool to have it. And I certainly feel that in terms of what we do. Um, and I live in a, in a very rural spot. But thankfully, and I'll just have to give a little plug here, there's a, there's a, a line of sight system. I don't you've come across that. No, what's that? Uh, well, it's where it comes across through the air. It isn't on a wire through the ground, um, and and so we get out. I mean, we're we're out in Blencarn, which is very very rural, um, and we get a line of sight system, which is faster than anything that comes on a wire through the ground. Wow! And that's Lonsdale Net, who 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 have invested in in that technology. So it it comes. It's obviously you've got to, It's dependent on the terrain, but um, so we get anything between probably. 20 and 35 megabits. Yeah, so I mean, did, did you have to, again, did you have to seek that out yourself or did somebody say, look, we're doing this? Well, I just, that, I've had, we've had it for a long time and, and in fact, they were kind of leaders in, in that. And, and the wired, but I, I suppose maybe in a way, this, this kind of epitomizes it because the wired operators aren't anywhere near that. Yeah. And yet, and also, I know there are schemes around because I've, I've actually gone and looked myself but they're not they're hardly putting things through letterboxes saying hey guys sign up for this sign up for this because every household should have that sort of level there's no question about that in my mind but they're not doing enough to actually get it through people's letterboxes sam um i know there's the, the government are spending billions on hs2 um do you think that maybe they should be spending billions on on broadband instead I I think certainly the pandemic has brought that into sharp focus in that I suppose fundamentally HS2 is about trying to move people up and down the country more quickly. Um, I think what the pandemic and certainly those of us who can work at home has shown is, is that a lot can be done without physically being in the office. So, that, so the need to move around the country, or certainly with the same frequency, um, I think will have diminished for good. I think people will head back into the office, but they're not with not to the same degree as they were previously. Um, so I think yeah, investment in, be it broadband and wires in the ground or perhaps the 5G network or other ways to get a strong data signal um, to the rural areas in particular um, is increasingly important. I mean, HS2 was probably had a big question mark over its worth um, for the cost involved right from the start. But I think now it's, it's surely increasingly hard to, to demonstrate a robust business case across sort of general connectivity. 
Well, it's not going to come up here anyway, is it? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was no. going to say uh, that was my what I was going to say, Nick. I mean, the north of England stops at Manchester, yeah. so uh, you know we're not getting any of the forty-five billion they're going to spend on it. This is the Cumbria Business Podcast. Essential listening, even if you're a text-to-speech computer program like me. Right, now it's time for the uh, Cumbria Business Podcast Quiz. Just one question this week, Nick and Sam. Um, so shout out your name if you know the answer. The question is, who is Eric Yuan? Deafening silence. Well, we've just been talking We've just been talking about his company, actually, because Eric Yuan is the founder and CEO of Zoom, and he's had a very good year, as you might expect. In 2020, shares in his company went up by an eye-watering 400%, uh, giving him a net worth as of January 2021 of $15 billion. And if you'd invested your savings in Zoom this time last year, you'd be sitting pretty too. Uh, the same with gold, which has risen in price by nearly 13% in 2020, and Bitcoin, which has seen its value increase by 300% in the last 12 months. Um, Sam, if you had a few quid spare, where would you invest it? Oh, well, given given uh, Nick is on the line, obviously in some uh, bricks and mortar. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I shall live up to the solicitor stereotype of being moderately risk averse in that I think the, the best plan of these sort of things and the advice I've had over the years is go for diversity over a single asset class. Yeah. So you can look, you can look back with, uh, with hindsight, you can look at some of the companies you've mentioned there and the way the world's panned out over the last 12 months. You can probably also look at the race card from um, a horse racing meeting um, <laughs> in the recent past and and sort of damn yourself for, for not having put a few quid on the eventual winner. Um, I think in terms of where the world may go next, um, I probably wouldn't look to myself for, for advice uh, on that. I think I, I would be, be looking to the relevant professionals, not to necessarily stock pick. Um, but just to look at a, an appropriately diversified portfolio, taking account of you know your own attitude to risk, but also what you're seeking to achieve. Are you looking for a return in a matter of months and years, or are you looking at something over the over the longer term? Uh, Nick, um, the, the, I was going to say the, the bricks and mortar that Sam suggested there. I mean, that is the traditional thing to, to put your money in. Yeah, I mean. d- yeah, that that. But I, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced yet about you know the, how 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 much rise in value you're seeing yet in in that. I think you know there's a difference between you know market volume and 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 price rises. And I think when you talk about the likes of um, uh, Zoom and I mean, look at Elon Musk now, the richest man in the world. Mm. You know, it's a, a lot of that isn't built on value; it's just built on speculation and and uh, people's expectations uh, and momentum. Let's put it that way. Well, they do say te- they do say Tesla is is the is the the, the hot tip at the moment. Um, well, that- well, the thing is, the thing is, it, dep- it depends what you how you look at these things, doesn't it? But I think a little bit of excitement would be the airline shares at the moment. <laughs> it depends. It depends how. It depends how I think it depends how how serious you are about that question and how long term you're looking. But I don't know about you, but I look out the window every morning and I think it's it's like Groundhog Day, <laughs> and I just and I just want to do something a little bit exciting. So I think I think those EasyJet shares I bought two months ago will be uh, quite an interesting punt. Well, I, I can see a whole new career for you here, Nick. It's uh, <laughs> the, the punt man. Um, we mentioned it earlier, Bitcoin. Um, I mean, do, do either of you have any? Do either of you understand it? What, what is it? I don't understand it. And I'm, I regard myself as 
fairly financially literate and I've read various um, supposedly explanatory you know, pieces about it and I, and I just can't get near it. What about you, Sam? Are you, are you yeah, well, I mean, I, I can't profess to, to understand sort of the technical underpinnings of it, but the, the big thing that, that strikes me is it, whilst it is termed a cryptocurrency, I think it's, it's far more akin to a speculative asset. Right. Um, people don't seem to be using it as a, a unit of currency to exchange for other goods and services. Um, they're acquiring it with a view to capital appreciation um, and in the hope of making significant returns in the not too distant future. Well, I know that it's gone up. It's gone up three hundred percent in, as I say, in the last twelve months. But it, it also plummeted um, about the twelve months before that. Um, if if you did happen to have a bitcoin now, it's currently worth over thirty seven thousand dollars. So, um, but I wouldn't even know where to get one. You, you have to mine them, don't you? Is that is that how it works? <laughs> well, you're from the northeast. You should be fine, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the, the, um, I think I'd be more like uh, computer engineer James Howells, who um, this week said that his two hundred and thirty million pound Bitcoin fortune is sitting at the bottom of a landfill site after he threw away a hard drive by mistake. Um, and his hard drive had his codes to access this this uh, Bitcoin money, shall we say? And he's now offering Newport Council uh, fifty five million pounds if the if he can dig up this landfill site. But the council are saying no because there's no guarantee of finding it. So that for me, that kind of sums up the uh, how ludicrous this whole thing is. Well, there's the public sector for you. Why didn't they say actually make it half and we'll go for it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the public sector point. <laughs> Well, that's just about it for this episode of the Cumbria Business Podcast. My thanks to Sam Lyon and Nick Miller for taking part and to you for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also join our mighty army of Twitter followers at Cumbria BizPod. The Cumbria Business Podcast is a paperfoot production. I've been Nick Brownlee. See you next time. Thank you.